Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a wonderful week. Thank you all so much for the feedback from last week's episode with Andrea Ashley of the Adult Child Podcast. I really um, was proud of the episode that we did, and I feel like what's been missing from the Scandival discourse has been some sort of nuance and trying to understand not just, okay, what would make someone cheat on a partner of nine, nine and a half years, um, and it less be about just the cheating and more about what what could have happened in someone's life that would lead them to engage in such behaviors. And um, it definitely opened my mind and I learned a lot researching for it about a number of the people on the show and some of their experiences from childhood. And, you know, my heart really does go out to all of them and to anyone that has grown up in a violent, dysfunctional, or alcoholic home um, because, it really does impact you um, and, you know, make you behave certain ways. And then sometimes you grow up and you don't realize why you engage in certain behaviors. And I hope that the people who are involved are able to heal and get some professional help. It sounds like Raquel has been doing that. I mean, let's hope it helps, <laughs> you know, and as, as hard as it is, you know, at some point you do have to realize, okay, I am now a grown person. And even though these terrible things happened when I was a child, and they may explain why I behave a certain way, I need to take responsibility for the fact that I am now an adult, and I, in turn, hurt other people. And that's where it gets so, you know, difficult and frustrating, because you can empathize and understand what would make people behave a certain way, but it doesn't excuse the behavior, right? It just explains it. And you can't keep hurting people and harming those around you just because you were hurt and you were harmed when you were younger. So there's just so many layers of this. There's so many shades of gray. There's so much nuance. And I was glad that we had some time to explore that. Um, another thing that came out this week, I wasn't sure if you guys got a chance to see, was the Randall scandal on Hulu. And it was basically just the main uh, story that came out in the LA Times last summer put into a documentary. So um, kind of brought to life. You got to see who the assistants were that Randall had harmed, all of the different ways in which they were abused, you know, verbally abused, financially abused, you know, forced to put so many things on their own credit cards that got maxed out and they weren't reimbursed for them. Um, and Oh, it was very um, disturbing. But the thing I found the most disturbing is that it didn't seem to scratch the surface from what I think we know is coming out about Randall, which is the documents that Amber, his first wife, filed um, to get custody of the children last fall, alleged that 
she had been contacted by the FBI for allegations uh, related to child pornography. And I don't know if this is that he is in possession of that, if he had, um, you know, uh, been with teenage girls. I, I don't know, but it's, I think it's a very, 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 very dark um, situation with him. And I was kind of hoping we would get a little more about what that is. And maybe I know they all want to make money and they have people like you and I watching these documentaries, even though there's no new intel coming out. But um, it was interesting to hear in um, their own words what had happened, and then also hear from Lala's mom and brother. And it just sounded like he could be two different people where he was just so kind and loving and helpful during really important moments in their lives, such as when Lala's father died. But then at other points, such as when she had Ocean, he was like barely there. He was nasty to her, you know, Ugh. but I'm definitely waiting until the rest of the story comes out and, and we know it will. Another thing that is allegedly going to come out is some sort of big reveal in the part two and three of the Vanderpump Rules reunion. Um, Alex Baskin, who's the head of Evolution Media, which produces Vanderpump Rules, has come out and said that the entire cast needs to see episodes two and three before they agree to go film season 11 and that maybe something allegedly could be revealed that would make them maybe not want to re-sign with the show and there's so many you know speculations is it that Raquel is pregnant I don't think we should be speculating about someone's body or pregnancy Um, but in my humble opinion it's either something that they already do know and they're just kind of making this a bigger deal than it is or that something comes out related to production or Lisa Vanderpump, who is an executive producer on the show, that maybe she knew something earlier or whatever. I'm not sure what to expect, but, you know, I think everything that we've seen from Lisa from the last 10 seasons and certainly this reunion is that she is very good at upholding misogyny. You know, the kind of boys will be boys and how could he resist this beauty queen and, you know, that kind of, um, I don't know, that kind of rhetoric. But I do agree with her that, you know, you can condemn people's behavior without vilifying them as a as a person. Although at some point, behavior is describing who a person is, you know, repeat behavior. So, um, but you know me, I always say I like to separate what someone does from who they are because what they do and their behavior can change. Um, but what we have seen from Sandoval and Schwartz is a lot of repetitive uh, behavior. Ay, 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 ay. Um, yeah, definitely kind of disappointing uh, to hear some of the misogyny from Lisa. But, you know, this is kind of par for the course for a lot of women. I think a lot of people don't realize that they've internalized misogyny where men are held to different standards. And it's like, well, of course he th- did that if if they weren't ever having sex. Well, of course, I mean, what could she expect or she should have known or kind of putting a lot of the blame on on the woman in the relationship. And I think that's a reason that a lot of people don't like Katie. I I like Katie Maloney. I've always liked Katie Maloney. Um, I 
feel like she gets a pretty bad rap because she expresses how she feels. And yeah, can she be mean sometimes? Sure. Was she a bully of Sheena for many seasons? Yes, I did not like that. But when it comes to her and Schwartz, I felt like she always had valid reasons to be upset with him. And everyone else just seemed to side with him. And she was sort of the wet blanket. Um, And then now I think people are finally seeing the kind of person that he is and how he just uh, isn't as sweet and innocent as I think he'd like everyone to believe. All right. One uh, final thing is I did watch the trailer for Luann and Sonia, Welcome to Crappy Lake. And I don't know what I was expecting, but I really thought the trailer was hilarious. I feel like it's sort of obviously a take off like the simple life, but also has a Schitt's Creek spin to it. I find Luann and Sonia just so, so, so funny. And I'm excited to see how this all plays out. And it'll be nice to see a hopefully more lighthearted show on Bravo. I feel like a lot of these shows have had some really heavy dynamics. And I enjoy some of the heavy dynamics, but I also enjoy some lightness too. And I feel like it's been a little off kilter as of late with, you know, all of the family drama on The Real Housewives of New Jersey, the Scandaval situation, um, you know, you've got best friends, you know, friendships falling apart on Summer House. It's just, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. So we'll see what, you know, the next few months of Bravo bring to us. I'm looking forward to this Luann and Sonia thing. I'm looking forward to the new Real Housewives of the OC. I'm hoping that we get more from Atlanta. Um, I haven't been as impressed with it as of late, but we talk about that a bit on this week's episode. So my guest this week is Gibson Johns. You guys know him from his prolific tweeting about all things Bravo at Gibsonoma on Twitter. And he's also on Instagram. He uh, runs a podcast called We Should Talk by In The Know. Uh, with Yahoo. And he's just so fun to chat with. And whereas I'm always kind of coming from things trying to understand why people are behaving the way they're behaving, he's always looking at things from a production standpoint, you know, what was happening production wise that led people to do one thing or another. And I think it leads to a really interesting conversation and multiple, you know, conversations about authenticity on camera. And, you know, where does the you know, show begin and, you know, the real life end and, you know, like all of the kind of complexities and the intertwinedness, I don't know what word I'm going to use, but how everything kind of comes together when people have been on these shows for so long. And it's really hard to peel back sometimes why people do what they do. And is it just like this is what they would have done in the absence of cameras or not? It's it's sometimes very hard to say. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. As always, if you uh, enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. Um, it helps me get new guests and have you know more fun conversations like this. And if there's something that you didn't like or you want to share some constructive criticism, my DMs are open. You can reach me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. All right, we'll take a quick break and then back with Gibson Johns. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Gibson Johns, host of We Should Talk, a podcast by In The Know. He's also a prolific Bravo tweeter, and his tweets get like thousands and thousands of views and likes. He's originally from DC, fun fact, and has been called the 13th cast member of Summer House recently by Carl Radke. <laughs> what are you doing, Gibson? What an intro. That's a That was a deep pull right from, from that interview. <laughs> oh my just, God, I love it. I was just listening to it two days ago. Oh my god! Yeah, that was a good one. He he was he was in a he was in a, a good a good good place for that one. So, what is it like, and how do you prepare for all these interviews that you do with the people on the shows that we all watch? It's definitely like a fine line that I that I dance around in terms of like co- commentating on these shows online, and then also interviewing people on them. Um, but I feel like I do it in a way that doesn't that doesn't get me in trouble and they still trust me to to open up and and to have those conversations but um i honestly don't <laughs> i don't prepare that much because i'm already because i'm already so locked into watching them seeing what people are i click on the hashtag every week in terms of like what people are saying from the new episodes and um with summer house in particular i've been interviewing them since the first season when nobody really cared about the show um and that was when i was first sort of like cutting my teeth and doing doing interviews so it was it was kind of the perfect convergence for me in terms of like getting to a place with that cast where um you know i've been in it with the, for the long haul with them even through some of those worse those bad beginning seasons um particularly with the ogs so um i've been interviewing a lot of them every single season so i feel really comfortable with them and i think vice versa so i don't really have to do that much preparing and i also feel like when these shows are in season the shows that are based in and around new york like there's random parties or events or things that they they're kind of in the in the sort of public facing mode when the season's airing. And so like I run into them a good amount or, or, I, or I see them out and about or at Bravo things. And, um, you know, so I, I feel really plugged into them in a way that like I don't really actually have to, I, you know, that day or the day before I'll write write down all my questions. Um, but, you know, I don't <laughs> it doesn't require that much preparation for me for, for that cast in particular. I think it's really interesting that you mentioned this like fine line that you try and balance between commentating on the shows and the kinds of things that you say, which sometimes can be critical of people's behavior. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, and this is something I talked about last week a lot with my guest, was um, criticizing people's behavior, but not the person, because behavior can change. and. You know, and I feel like you strike that right balance when you're like, well, I'll call it like I see it. You know, I think it was pretty whatever. I don't know exactly what wording you used. But when Maya this past week Mm -hmm. tried to cover her microphone and get Oliver to cover his microphone, it was like she didn't want anyone to know how this cheating situation played out. Uh, She didn't want cameras to capture it or audio to capture it. And I think, you know, people like you and I are like, well, okay, you met him on camera, you agreed to live your life on camera. 
the rest of your cast is having very uncomfortable conversations on camera. Paige and Craig, Lindsay and Carl, Amanda and Kyle. Like, come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, it's like, it's also not like she has a partner that doesn't want to be on camera. He's showing up for these parties. He's showing up to the share house. Like, it's not like it's like a Lala early Randall Emmett situation or like a Kenya and, and her ex's situation where like, they don't want anything to do with the show. Like, Oliver clearly is down to be on camera and like I think he's kind of like he has that sort of he kind of wants to be in the spotlight a little bit that's kind of what I get the sense from him and so like for her to be the one who's a cast member on the show to shy away from not just shy away but like actively make sure those conversations aren't happening on on a mic or on camera was really frustrating to watch and I think that like you know a more seasoned and and this is it's not really critical I understand why Maya was doing that to a certain extent like it's she was clearly in the throes of finding out about this cheating. She she was kind of seeing, I think she was understanding the depth of, of what of, of the betrayal that he was kind of in, in the process of doing. Um, but ultimately, like I think a more seasoned reality star would have actually seen that as like an opportunity to have that conversation on camera, to have the moment to seal the next season for themselves. Like it's, that was really frustrating. And I think that like, you know, I like Maya, but she hasn't really done that much this season in terms of like contributing to the narrative or contributing to moving things forward. And that this was her opportunity to do so. And she not only didn't take it, but she actively made sure it didn't happen. And, um, you know, it, it was kind of karma. I think that like the mic still picked up that conversation in the bathroom, despite them covering them, because I, I think that we're entitled to see that conversation. I think so, too. You agreed to be on the show, you know, and mm-hmm. she's disappointed me this yeah, season. No, I agree. I, I think that last season she showed a lot of promise. She she created one of the most memorable moments the Summer House has ever had in that big housewide conversation about race that was so impactful. And and she was also fun. It wasn't just that moment. I think that she and she was getting along with pretty much everybody in the house. And like this season, I feel like she, it, she felt different this season to me. It, it, it was a little more negative. It wasn't as engaged. And um, it definitely was, a, I think when you think of a, a sophomore slump for somebody, I, I, I would say that this season for Maya um, falls into that category. Um, you've, you know, gotten to know the cast pretty well. I'm mm-hmm. wondering, I have a, a number of questions for you. So we're just going to go through like Summer House, Summer House, Vineyard, Atlanta, Jersey, and end with Vanderpump Rules. Okay. So wanted to know what your takeaway was from the talk, the final talk between Lindsay and Danielle. Yeah. So I, (laughs) my my read on that situation is like, I can see how you, you could watch that conversation and be really frustrated with how Lindsay was acting. She was shut down. She was stone cold. Wall was up, was not going to get emotional, was not going to be super engaged in that conversation. And to me, you know, I, I see how you could see that and be like, okay, she was, she was being way too cold. She wasn't giving Danielle a chance. Like there was nothing for Danielle to sort of latch onto. But I kind of read it as like, she was just over it. Like she, she had had enough. She had probably heard more in that, in that, time away from that house that like about what Danielle really did after the engagement or, or found when she found out about the proposal. Um, and she was probably like, 
this isn't about like I, I I understand Lindsay's point of view a lot more than I understand Danielle's at this point. And I if I were if I were Lindsay, I would have been shut down in that moment too. I wouldn't have I I think that she knew that Danielle sort of wanted this final moment. I think that maybe that's how she was reading it. I think Danielle kind of genuinely did want some some resolution or some more clarity, but Lindsay wasn't in the place to give that to her. And I understand that. And I think that the the part that really irked me was when Danielle sort of turned that corner into the entry of the house. And all of a sudden, all the girls like stand up as if they weren't there to just like eavesdrop on. They were there to eavesdropping to get the tea and they were giggling and like, and like giving everybody these looks. They weren't there to support Danielle as they told her. And I think that I, I would be really curious to see what Danielle's perspective on that moment is watching, watching it on TV and seeing sort of what the lead up was like, how did those, how did those girls get to that, to, to, to the front of the house to, to listen in? And why were they really doing that? Cause I don't know. Um, I feel like they misrepresented the, the, their, their intentions in sort of being there. Um, but I, you know, ultimately I kind of, I did some understanding Lindsay's perspective on it more and more as the weeks go on. Um, and I don't blame her for being shut down. Yeah. I really don't. I feel the same way. Um, I feel like there is something there in the fact that a number of the women that have been on the show past and present have had issues with Lindsay, but for no sure. one's been able to clearly articulate exactly mm. the types of behavior that she's engaging in that is upsetting them so much. Mm. So I'm hoping to get some kind of clarity at the reunion. Like what exactly has she been doing time after time after time totally. where you don't trust her, where you don't feel closeness with her. But from this whole Danielle Lindsay thing, what I notice with Lindsay is that when she gets hurt, Rather mm-hmm. than sharing how she's sad, she shares how she's angry. And mm. that anger and how it um, she shows up with it, I think, is very unnerving to a lot of people. For sure. For sure. But <clears throat> to me, it's like Danielle. You'd think that Danielle would be used to seeing that, to be used to dealing with that. And maybe not directed at her, but she has seen Lindsay in in this sort of mindset before like in in similar situations and and i think that what you said with our articulation of what Lindsay's done i agree with that because i you know there danielle's had several moments this season several opportunities this season to articulate her real problems with what is going on between Lindsay and carl or Lindsay and her friendship and she has not taken those opportunities and she has really just she 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 has not again, articulated what those problems are. And I feel like she, because, and to me, I read that is because she has, she is genuinely so emotionally invested in this friendship. I really do believe that. And I think that she gets flustered. I think that the, I think the emotions overtake Danielle in a way that they don't necessarily overtake Lindsay. Yeah. I just, I feel like there's a part of Danielle that just needs to grow up. And it's not a fun thing to hear that you have to grow up. But like, you are not 25 anymore. Mm -hmm. It is no longer like the rest of your peers are not at the point where they're just getting drunk all the time and having these like relationships that don't really mean a whole lot. And, you know, like people are moving forward with their lives and that looks different. And if you can't adapt to where your friends are, which is sometimes sober, right? Like, I mm-hmm. felt every time she had a conversation where she had had anything to drink, it was offensive. It's right. like, why yeah, are I, you yeah. showing up drunk? And, I felt the same way about Kyle. Yeah. And, and I wonder, like, this season, obviously, the big subtext is that her and Rob were having, her and Robert were having such, so many problems. I don't think that 
we we knew that watching the show, but I don't think within the context of the show that was really portrayed as I think that the problems were more intense that we kind of were privy to. But I think that like maybe in her mind, like you said, like I think that last summer she was in this perspective of like, yeah, I am growing up. I'm in this grown up relationship. I'm investing in this person for my future. And she was kind of maybe showing signs of that. And then now she's in this mindset of like, holy fuck, like I might actually lose this relationship. And Lindsay and Carl moving on to that next stage without me because I'm going to be kind of five steps behind now because I'm going to break up. We're going to break up probably. So now she's kind of latching on to the younger crowd in the house who have not moved on from that lifestyle. And so she, I think she's kind of really genuinely caught in a place where it's like, should I grow up? Should I go with the people that are in their mid to late thirties or should I go to the, with the people who are in their late twenties, early thirties? Yeah. It's yeah. You know, but another part of it is, and I think this women or myself, you know, when you're 25 and your friends get mm-hmm. engaged, you feel a lot more invested in the relationship. Like you're part of it. Right. 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 But as you get older, you learn like, Oh, this has nothing to do with me. Like I don't need to be, you know, at the engagement. I don't Mm -hmm. need to be privy to when the engagement happens. But like earlier, I feel like because you live such a communal lifestyle in your early 20s, you know, where you're constantly seeing your friends multiple times a week, like you feel so much more invested and you feel sometimes you don't always understand where the boundaries are. But then as you get older, you kind of learn sometimes where those boundaries are like, oh, these are my friends, but they're also a couple and certain things are between them. And so her making the engagement and the decision of who knew so much about her and not about the couple indicates to me that she's still in this like mindset of, you know, a younger person. And she just hasn't yet figured out that like some things just aren't about you and your thoughts and feelings don't really matter to other people. Yep. So you have to hold them in, you know? And and I, and I think, and I think the sort of the the kind of back and forth (laughs) there is like, they're in a share house in the Hamptons, which is usually something that like people in their twenties are doing. Yes. You know what I mean? So I think there's this sort of mind fuck that's happening where it's like, we're supposed to live this like younger lifestyle but we're also not as young as we were when the show started or, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's kind of, it must be, I can't really wrap my mind, my, I wrap my head around what it's like to sort of be in that. And it's not to really defend her, but it's just like trying to understand where she's coming from. And I think that that's, I really do think that she feels stuck between sort of ages and, and lifestyles. That's a good point. No, I feel for her. I think for me, the issue has is seen her since the, yeah you know, the summer was filmed and then she's still holding so true to her convictions makes mm-hmm. me be like, is she not capable of self-reflection? Which well, worries. Yeah, I think yeah. she is. Well, I, I, I just, think, yeah. I think when, I think at the end of last summer when we all got the whiff of like their friendship having issues, Danielle didn't post about the engagement. There were, you know, there was brought there, there were whispers from, from like sources on the ground that BravoCon obviously it was like really icy between them. I think that for so long, a lot of people just assumed it was like, okay, what did Lindsay do? You know, what, what what did Lindsay do to cause this? That was just the assumption that I think, like I would say a majority of viewers and fans of this show made. And I haven't, she's not, she's not 
you know, faultless in this situation, but like she is not, it's not, that's not the case. It's not what did Lindsay do? It's, it's a lot more complex than that. And I think it's a lot, it's a lot more cloudy than I think that we expected it to be. And I, and I agree that like, I don't, I think Danielle in the lead up to all of this sort of fell back on that presumption that it was Lindsay. And I don't think that that's necessarily the reality of the situation. It reminds me of how time and time again, housewives think the audience will be on their side when they mm-hmm. all gang up against one person, such as the season with LVP, where right. I agreed. I thought LVP was lying, but this like obsession to take her down felt a little bit intense. And then, totally. you know, next season, like every time it's like when it's one against everyone else, this the viewers tend to naturally feel for the one person that's kind of being ganged up against. And every I say this time, all the, time. I say, it's, the it's housewives so and the, the people are just like, they don't get the mindset that the viewers and watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, it happened, it even happened like anytime somebody is trying to ice anybody out, like Wendy on Potomac last season, when, when Giselle and Robin are icing her out so hard, we're going to, we're going to stick up for Wendy. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like it's, 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 it's the same thing that plays out. And I agree. It, it, you know, I don't want them to play to the audience, but like the fact that they can't, that a lot of these people can't wrap their mind around that idea. It's pretty basic to me. It's pretty right. basic that, that people are going to, they're, they're going to root for the underdog to be honest. So totally, that's just, that's just kind of natural human instinct. I think. Speaking of the underdog, let's uh, go a little bit North to Martha's vineyard. Mm. So, <laughs> Um, Emphasis on dog. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, I, okay, I'm trying to figure out where to start with this. Yeah. I understand the dog scenarios that keep happening, but um, did you think, how do you feel about how the house handled removing two cast members from it? That whole process. Yeah, I... My instinct in watching that, and I think I tweeted this right after I watched it, was like, I just thought that it happened so quickly and without their, without a say from Mariah or Phil. And I think that those two situations are very different and they probably, you know, were entitled to different levels of input, Mariah and Phil. I think Phil's was a little more cut and dry and like he was, he came in so hot and was rubbing every single person the wrong way and he's, he was kind of like, I don't know, it was it was definitely, I think with Mariah, it was like, it was more up to like interpretation of like who who saw what in that little situation with Brie, um, with Bria, sorry. And um, I'm watching too much Selling Sunset, Brie. Right. Sunset. <laughs> <laughs> um, with Bria and I, so like they're, they go down to the basement and they like vote, they, you know, within 10 minutes are like voting two people out of the house, essentially like a survivor. And I'm like at least bring them down there to like state their case or, or, or have a civil conversation. The fact that they just kind of like, you know, put it on Jasmine to go talk to Mariah and kick her out of the house. And like, I don't know there was something that irked me about it from this perspective of not giving them just a moment to say their piece and, or, or to just like cool down a little bit, you know, they were, they were both hot and, um, it's also like we're on what we're on the third episode of this sh- of this show's entire run, and we're kicking two people out of the house. It, it just felt it just felt really, I don't know. It felt it felt really quick to me. 
I agree that it was quick. One thing I'm trying to keep in mind while watching it is that a few people on the cast have shared that some of them were there for 30 days and some of them were there for 15 days. And Mm. the way they're showing the audience is as if it was 15 days. Got it. And so I think the dynamics, that's why the dynamics are so off. I didn't realize that. Um, Yeah. And I think it was Preston. So had they, had they been there for two weeks before or they stayed for two I'm more weeks? I'm not entirely sure. I think okay. it was the before, maybe. Got it. I, Got I don't it. know. Or they're showing days as if it's like one day, but it's really three days. That would make sense because it does feel like they're more settled into a dynamic right now by the third episode. I agree with I, – I definitely see that now. Um, so maybe it does make more sense that they're already voting two people out. I don't know, but <laughs> – Oh, it was wait, crazy. But like, but like, but but if you're thinking about it from like a show production pr- perspective, it's a lot to get two people out of a house three episodes in. I'm sorry, it's it's especially within the same. Ep- I don't know. It, it just felt in the first season. It's like we don't yes. even know you enough and to like, trust that you're making the right decisions. Totally. And like, did did Mariah get you know aggressive with Bria and like? Was that a push? I think that's up to interpretation, honestly, even just watching that footage back. It's yeah. like, I don't know if that's like, I, to me, that's not a, a, an, a fireable offense, which is essentially what this, what they're saying. Um, but I'm also like <laughs> the the cynic, the cynical reality TV viewer in me who just wants mess. Like you have to keep some of these messy people around for the drama. Like Bria and Mariah were, they, they were not going to get along. They, there was some friction there, clearly. I kind of want to see more of that and maybe eventually for them to to resolve it. But like they were clearly, they clearly come from things in different perspectives. And like, you need that from for a show and to kick two instigators out of the house. I don't know. It just felt, it, it, I hope that they can continue having mess and drama going forward because it, I don't know. It, I don't want it to like, you know, cut them off at the feet by, by taking some, some drama out. I think Shanice will bring enough drama for everyone. You're right. You're right. She yeah. is such a mess, that woman. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I feel like <laughs> her and Bria are people that have shown us that they just have very poor judgment in so yeah. many different ways, like not just like ro- romantically, like in friendships and work. It's like, what? <laughs> when she, when they were both like, Phil's so great. I'm like, you have never hung out with him outside of a club promotion right, Literally, literally, 100%. <laughs> yeah. They're like, this guy's hot. He likes to go out. Let's invite him. And they didn't know anything about him. <laughs> like, and then they're like, wow, this is just not the Phil I know. I'm like, have you seen him in daylight? <laughs> you didn't know it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. And like Bria just, or the, the, all of it is just interesting. Mm-hmm. I like the dynamic between Me too. the girls that all used to work together in At the Playboy like, Club. The Playboy like, come Club, on. That's, and then that's heaven. and then having this like Liberian husband who's much more conservative and mm-hmm. kind of I don't think fully knows the full history of his wife's like definitely not everything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic. Um, who are you enjoying watching the most on that show? Jordan is far and away to me the the biggest star. Um, I think that I like I like how she handles herself in conflict. I think she, within the heat of a moment, can still like really articulate and express her opinion really well. Um, and she isn't afraid to go there. But she also, 
yeah, I, I, Jordan to me is, is, is taking it so far. Um, what about you? Who do you think is, is, who do you, who are you enjoying the most? I'm enjoying Preston the most, but maybe that's oh, Preston's he's great from DC. Too. Preston is great. I know what he does outside of the show, and it's right, so right. impressive that I'm like, totally. yes, this is the kind of person we need. But I, I agree, Jordan pops as well. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I, I want. I'm, I'm curious to see more from Preston within the confines of the show. But I agree, I really like him, and I'm excited about because he's such, he has such a big personality too, and and I. Those two are those two definitely stand out. Absolutely. Okay. Do you think, and this might be mean to say, but um, <laughs> do you think Jasmine is kind of like the summer house version of those? I can't remember the twins that were on the, the Workus first, twins. The Workus twins, in that like they're building a show around her, mm. but in a couple seasons she'll be kicked to the curb, and it's actually going to be Jordan and like. Shanice and just the other ones. Right. You know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I with Jasmine, I'm frustrated by Jasmine because I really like her. And I think that like the her first impression I think is really good. But then I think that she's try I just think she's trying to do a little too much of the like wifey character. And I just don't think that her and Silas, I think that her and Silas think they were going to come off, thought they were going to come off really differently <laughs> um, <laughs> once the show aired. And yeah. and um their relationship, I think, doesn't look great on the show. And I think that I'm I'm curious if they get a second season, how they re rejigger it a little bit in, ter- in terms of like how authentic they're because com- they're not coming across as super authentic. And I think that Jasmine in particular is like a pretty I think she has it in her. I just think that she's relying too much on this like new she had just gotten married two months before the filming started. And so I'm like Maybe that was too fresh in her mind that like her life was supposed to change because she's married and um, Silas definitely comes off as really controlling. And to me, I, I was sort of trying to liken them to to Amanda and Kyle, but I think that it's it's not necessarily a, a super it's a super apt comparison actually, just because they're a central couple. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I see that comparison with the Rookus twins in terms of building it around them. I want my gut says I want to give Jasmine the benefit of the doubt that like she can turn it around for herself because the Workus twins came back for a second season and they were just as bad as they were the first season, <laughs> you know. Whereas like I I could see Jasmine watching this back and be like, "Uh, and I was doing too much." I hope so, but I also wonder if it's like production that thought mm-hmm. that the audience would connect with certain people and we actually connect with different people, which is what I yeah. think happened and, on Summer House. Mm, like we connected mm. more with Kyle, even though he wasn't, it wasn't, the show wasn't built around him. It was built around right. the Workus twins. And then as soon as they removed the Workus twins, it was continued to build around Kyle. Right, right. Yeah. So who do you, th- if, if you were to take Jasmine and Silas out of the situation, does that does that fall to Preston? Does that fall to Jordan? I don't know yet because it's been. Yeah, it's not, hard to tell. It's hard to tell yeah, so to early, tell. but possibly. I feel like Jordan and Preston have the most charisma, the most magnetic yeah. as reality stars. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know who else? I I really like Amir. I think Amir is really promising as a, as, yes. as somebody on the show too. I think that he he has a good personality. He's pretty dynamic. He's good looking. Um. Yeah, he's he's the sort of third 
one for me that that I'm keeping my eye on. He's great, but I heard that he has a girlfriend and that he just went and shot this. Oh, as, I saw something about this. I as saw a single person, that. which I was like, this isn't The Bachelor where you just like no. go and you pretend but also, you're single. Who's the other guy who did that? Who like just announced he's a girlfriend on the show, Is even though he's DMing Nick? all the girls. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, Nick said that. And like, I'm like, okay, we. this is a, again, there's so much promise in this show, but like these are these are stumbling blocks that we need to like not have happening because like I need people who are actually authentic, who are like, they're single. So they're ready to mingle. I think they're, they're, Nick they're not is, hiding things. is actually authentic, but is hiding things possibly from himself. Got it. Got like, it. Well, it, yeah, the, just the, the preview fact, for the next episode kind of indicates that. Yeah. But just the fact that he will DM women in like such a bold mm-hmm. way and then his actual personality in real life with the same women is shy indicates mm-hmm. like something's off like you're yeah, online I agree. like there's I agree. something weird going on i don't know what yeah. it is no, I, I, and we, but I've, i feel like i've seen that in life before like i've like i've through my female friends i've heard about certain guys that act that way so it's, you know, we'll it's see. Interesting. <laughs> but it, it's very, it's very <laughs> promising. And I'm, I'm so, so excited about this show. And like every episode has been entertaining and like there's been drama in every episode. So I I'm agree. here for it. Um, speaking of drama in every episode, Atlanta. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on whether or not Candy picks and chooses what she shows on camera. Like, what is your reaction, particularly to the shooting that happened at Blaze Steakhouse and her yeah. seemingly unwillingness to want to talk about it on camera? Yeah, I think that over the years, I think I've seen this conversation play out online. And when somebody says that she's hiding things or doesn't want to address personal things on camera, her supporters, who I I, I love Candy, but her supporters will say, well, look at all the stuff she's done over the years. And it's like, yeah, but she's been on the show for like 10 years. So of course she's shown things over the years, but I do think she's pulled back in, in recent seasons. And I think that scene where the producer steps in and is like, are we really not going to talk about this? And kind of, she was a little, they were a little cagey about it. I really didn't like that. I, I, that's trying to pull a fast one on us. And I, when we all know what happened and it's just sort of like, I know it's a tough thing to talk about. I know it doesn't look, make your business look good, but it happened and, and we all know about it. And, you know, her and Kenya in particular, and rightfully so they sort of have kind of anointed themselves and they're sort of, they they sort of anointed themselves as like the, 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 the the crown wearers of Atlanta. And like, they're, they're sort of like marching the show forward. And again, they're, they're entitled to that because they're two of the longest running people on the show. But if you're going to do that, you have to be a hundred percent authentic, I think. And, you know, going off that, a thought that I've had recently, is just like, I'm enjoying Atlanta. I, I, it's one of my favorites, but there's something slightly off about the dynamic still for me. And part of it, I think is like candy and Kenya have such a, I do believe their friendship is very authentic and genuine, but almost to the point where like, they're sort of, kind of covering for one another in terms of like how much they're willing to show or they're never going to cross one another. So like, that's just sort of like two, two pillars in the sand that aren't moving, you know, it's this sort of, and they're like, kind of, they're, they're sort of icing Marlo. They're, they're very much icing Marlo out. And it's just sort of like the, the, the dynamic of this group overall is not fluid enough right now for me. It's a little, it's a little two-sided and there's not that much gray area. And that loops back to, I think the candy thing of like, 
she is being she she was being cagey about that. She was trying to hide that. And if you're going to be sort of the queen of the show, you can't be shying away from addressing the big things happening in your life. I just really don't. I really believe that. I agree. I 100% agree. And I think that um, Marlo had her anger displaced at Drew when Drew 100%. used the term that's, that's um, incident to describe the shooting. That's just like a word that came to her. And, you know, mm. it was what was interesting to me, which I wish we could like dig into a bit more is Drew's like, I'm from Chicago. I have family that's died right. due to gun violence. And then Marlo's like, my nephew died from gun violence. And I'm like, this is actually a, a survey yeah. came out maybe two months ago or a month and a half ago from Kaiser Family Foundation that said, I think like one in five Americans has someone close to them who's died as a result of gun violence. Wow. And insane. I think a lot of us think, wow, that's crazy. That's so high. But it's true. We just don't always talk mm-hmm. to people or people don't bring it up because it's a little bit it taboo, hurts. right? And it makes yeah. it sound like there's something wrong with your family or the person mm. that you love. Maybe they were involved in something they shouldn't have been because it's their right, fault they right. were shot. There's implications there. Yeah, for sure. You know, and to and then under the whole, um, like, you know, our Candy's followers ghetto, like that whole thing too. Like, I just think there's like a lot of layers happening and I want to go deeper there for sure. To go yeah. deeper because gun violence is something that impacts Americans so much and it impacts some communities more than others. And Atlanta is certainly a community that has a lot of it. And I want to hear like how that's impacted each of them. Yeah. And I, and I think the, the people, the point you said about like, them saying that people who follow candy are, are quote unquote ghetto. And like, and that's something that like as a white viewer, I just don't have that much of a, of an understanding about like just sort of within the black community, like the, just like sort of how people think about different kinds of people and where they come from and sort of what are some of those taboos. And I don't, again, I don't have an understanding of that. So I agree like going deeper on that would honestly be so enlightening for, I think for a lot of people who, who love and watch the show and these women and yeah, I think I think Drew using the the word incident, I think it's both because it's a sensitive topic for her, but I also think that there wasn't I do think that there was an element of like not it's tiptoeing around it for the sake of candy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that like it was insensitive to Marlowe to 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 not call it a shooting and that that was a stretch to me. I think that Marlowe was trying to and I love Marlowe, but she was trying to make a moment out of that and and I but I think that the, the, the word the, the word use of incident was layered in both from the thing that you said about Drew's past and her family, but also I do think there was an element of tiptoeing for candy for candy's sake in that moment. But st- while still bringing it up, but like really gingerly. Um, one thing I love about Atlanta and just also just like the black community in general, just and I don't want to speak out of turn is just as soon as you find out someone's related to you this like oh my god they're my cousin you know and it's just like we are family like so quickly I just uh, as a white Jew I don't know that I would meet someone and like 
be so close. But you know what? This is also something we saw with the Mormon community on Atlanta, on uh, Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, where like they didn't really know each other as cousins, and then they find out later, and they're like, "We're family." And I'm like, "This, this sure. you don't yeah, yeah. know them." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I get it, mm-hmm. but I just loved the whole Ralph and Courtney being like really leaning in to the "we're cousins" thing. Now I can feel like they're related because they're two of the most annoying people I think I've ever seen on camera. I really can't. It's really hard. I don't know that someone has like deal irked me more since Lydia on the OC. Oh my God. That's a throat. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's every time she's on camera, it is 150%. It is her voice is really grating to me. Like it's, it's the whole, she's trying so hard. Like it, talk about inauthentic. Like that is just there. Ooh, it's there, there's, I have not seen anything redeeming from her yet on this show on this season. It's, it's, I find her extremely hard to watch. I, I find really the do. whole Ralph and Drew stuff kind of hard to watch because I'm like, where does it go left? Because they're now portraying that they're in the best place that they've been. I mean, like, oh. it's, you know, I, I just, it, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's kind of what I was saying about Jen Shaw when, when Jen Shaw was, you know, facing the, the, fi- the, fi- the final verdict of, of her case and, and we kind of, and she finally pled guilty or took the guilty plea. It kind of made me think, have we ever seen anything actually authentic from Jen Shaw in her three seasons on Salt Lake City? I don't think we ever really did. And with Drew, consider now that we know where this her where her relationship is headed how this season ends for her and how much of a front she's put up for now three seasons of her relationship even though their darkness kind of like cracked through over the over the seasons i don't know how much authenticity she's ever shown us and it's it, it 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 it's really frustrating and i and i i don't dislike her but i just don't think that she's ever been that truthful with us on the show. I think that she, and maybe it's like a slight delusion or a slight, just like how she sees things. But, but I just don't think that she's the way she frames almost everything (laughs) about her life is like, just doesn't ring true to me. And, and I, I know that she's showing us some of the, the divorce and, and, and separation at the end of the season, but that's in a long time. That's like in like 13 episodes, you know, like that's, we have a, there's going to be a long time, a lot of time of we're in the best place and, and we're, and we're doing well. And it's like, that's just not true. And I, I think she lies to herself that. because I feel like we've watched her lie to herself. And then we've watched her in real time during that date last season where he's yeah. so mean to her and she was like crying. Like, I think she's been authentic. She it's like she gets through by convincing herself of a story. But yeah, she's been that's pretty probably true. open about the things that he does that are not good. Like she's not trying to hide his behavior. But no, but but I yeah. but there's this if you think about the first two seasons she's been on, they've both started out with these like big accusations about ralph and these really sketchy things the first season was like the tampa thing that was like literally their first episode right <laughs> i think so bad. <laughs> literally and then the second the second one was the thing with like the assist was it like sheree's assistant it was like something something like that the those are both the yeah. very beginning of her of her first two seasons and neither one of those things we ever got resolved 
ever. They 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 pop off at the beginning of the season and then they just like completely disappear. And it's just like uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a production thing. I don't know if it's her lying to herself thing. I don't know, but I find it really, really. It doesn't fulfill. It, it, there's it does never gets resolved. So there's no like fulfillment there, and so it just there, it's a really weird experience for me as a viewer um, watching that and and kind of I try to parse through it, but it's hard to. It reminds me of. I know people in my life who have like from the outside me looking are like, oh, that's a tumultuous relationship or that relationship is not in a good place. Like I'm talking mm-hmm. to you, you're not sleeping in the same room, you're arguing a lot, you're, you know, all of these issues. And then when eventually the time comes where one person in the couple decides to file for divorce or break up, it's like, can you believe? And I'm like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you you don't want to say, you know, you don't want to say that, but it's like the person is still so shocked because even though they've acknowledged that things are bad, they've never let themselves get to a place where they think it's enough Mm. that the family would break up. And I think Drew is someone who lied. I've is so good at lying to herself and, and to us, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah, but I, I, I guess it's, I guess more getting down to the, to the intention behind it and whether that, what, what, what is we that don't intention. Know. And yeah, totally. I yeah. And I, and I, that's what I would love to get answers on. <laughs> I know we're only like three episodes in, but I would love to get answers on that. The reunion. I would love for Andy to go sort of down that, that rabbit hole of like, were you putting up a front? Like, you know, Ariana and Tom Sandoval apparently kind of were, or, or was it, or was this the lies you were telling yourself to get through and to maintain your marriage and to, and to keep your family together? I don't know. But it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. And and I guess, I guess I just wish that the cast in previous seasons had helped sort of carry those storylines along a little bit by asking her more about it. Cause I think that, I do think the ball was dropped in the, in her first two seasons in terms of like really, really putting that under a microscope and questioning it and having, and maybe it would have unlocked something in her earlier. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't know who could have gotten through to her. (laughs) I don't know that, but I don't know if like the the effort was really made, but I think that I think it's taken some time for people to really care about Drew within the cast. You know what I mean? I think that like now she's in it, but it took a while for her to get there. Yeah. Speaking of families breaking up, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jersey, Teresa getting married. So Mm -hmm. I put myself through the torture of watching that. I I watched it as well. So over the Gorgas versus the Judices, and like, if we're gonna have to relitigate why she went to prison and try and blame people that aren't Joe Judice and Teresa for like lying on loan applications and in federal documents, Mm. also, once you're on TV and you're doing things that are illegal. It's no one needs to like, quote unquote, call the feds. That's not right. It's not like there's this big tip line and they're like, "Ooh, I wasn't looking (laughs) into this tax fraud until right. Right. There was drip, 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 drip prior to being on the show. Mm -hmm. So I'm so sick of this narrative and like wanting to blame anyone other than the two of them that got them in jail. And, And do I think that the I agree. 
the prison sentences were outsized for what the offense was, probably, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. that's just because they're reality stars, and I do believe that the judge wanted to make an example out of them. And right. It, that's that, how that's funny. Justice it, it, works it's, in this country. it's so true what you say. It's like it's the way that it's framed sometimes on these shows is that it's like there literally is like a phone you can pick up that's like <laughs> if you are a reality star and you suspect that your co-star has done something illegal, <laughs> call this number. Like that's literally how they kind of frame it sometimes that it's that that is that simple as that black and white, which it's clearly not. Um but yeah, I the bringing up of things a decade old is I'm so beyond over it, whether it's the prison stuff or how Melissa got on the show. Like, I'm sorry. I, when I interviewed Melissa at the beginning of the season, I called it the original sin about the, the question of like, how, she got back, <laughs> how she got on the show. And like, that's kind of what it is at this point. But like, I'm just so fucking done talking about it. Like it's, and I think that it's something that Teresa fans in particular really, they bring it up every week. If you in response to something that Teresa does wrong on the show or gets caught in a lie or misbehaves, whatever, that's what they bring up to defend it. And it's like, can you bring something up even from the past three years that, that can, that can, that can help defend how things are, are, are falling apart now? Because it's like, that's the only defense that people have sometimes for Teresa. And it's, it's not, even it's not even getting old. It's been old for years. And I am with you in that. It's just, like, what's even the point of bringing that stuff up? I don't think either of them or Jorgorga, like, I don't want to hear them say they care about family. You clearly do not. It is not your top. No, okay, maybe not that you don't care. It's not your top priority. Your top priority is being on a TV show and making money from that show. If your top priority was family, you would leave the show. There are other ways to make money. You wouldn't have as much, right? You wouldn't have all the notoriety, but you might still have your actual family intact. Well, I think I think both of them care more. I think they both care about family, but only their own kids and partners. That's that's, what they care about. But the the way they talk about family is no, I yeah is like as if you care about your sibling. You don't. But they they they, yeah they they misrepresent that for sure. Yeah, it bothers me. Like there is not a single thing that could keep me from going to my own brother's wedding. Nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if I don't like who he's marrying or anything like that. Like that's I happen to love who he married. Um, but it's I just I don't know. I I I don't like all of them. I feel like that it's like rotten, and I don't want to side with anyone. And I'm like annoyed with all of them. And I just want it to stop and go away. And like one of them must be removed. I cannot mm. keep watching this shit. To me, or both. Let's remove both. Okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> what I'll say is, like, I, I'm not as over the. I don't need more of it, but I'm not as like frustrated and like at my wits end with the, with the Melissa Teresa thing in terms of watching it as other people are. Mm. I I found that this season was different in the way that like they finally were admitting they didn't like each other. And I think there was a pretense and sort of a a facade that was taken down last reunion. And I think that like Melissa tried to play nice all season, just I think because she, I think she does recognize that people are over this and it was Teresa's year. It was the wedding. That's why she didn't bring up 
the, you know, the, what, what had happened before the season started with them calling Joe and telling him about the, the quote unquote rumor. But like, so uh, to me, there, there's, there was something, uh, new about it even though it wasn't a new conflict there was there was a new lens put on it this year for me um do i want it to be the central thing going forward absolutely not and this reunion kind of and everything we've heard it just points to the fact that they're literally estranged and like they can't even be in the same place as one another um but to me the biggest thing is louis i think louis is is scary (laughs) i like he he's to me where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's so much smoke coming from his direction. And, you know, even Gia say, said this in her confessional this season of, like, the producer asks, what changed? What, you know, what changed? And she says, well, Louis came into the picture. And it's like, well, you just kind of told on yourself right there. Like, it's, to me, the, the, the things took such a turn. Things went down the path of no return when he came in the picture and he started dividing them and isolating Teresa. And that's what I think. And I think that he, I can't, I, I really find him to be like really hard to watch. Um, yeah. He's very sketchy. There's a lot there that isn't great. Um, a lot, a lot, but I also think there's, I don't know, a lot with Joe Gorga that's sketchy and not great, not abusive. Right. But like, there is so much financial shit. There is him posting houses that he claims that he renovated that he didn't. You know, like there's something off with them too. And mm. I'm just, I'm sick mm. of, I'm so sick of all of them. I'm like, I like mm. felt like, and I, you know, and then I was expecting to watch the wedding and it be so much about the Melissa versus Teresa. And it wasn't like, it was all about Teresa and Louie. And I thought, wow, okay, this is like, I see his family showing up. I see like, as soon as he said that his father was an alcoholic and that only got sober Mm. eight years ago. And this man is 50 something years old. Oh my God. It all came together. In my last episode, mm. I had someone um, who has a podcast called Adult Child, which is short for Adult Children of Dysfunctional Families, which came mm. from Adult Children of Alcoholics, which is like traits that people tend to exhibit if they grew up right. in a home with alcoholism or other dysfunction. And Does he exhibit those traits? Yes. Um, although he has a lot more anger than other. So like um, Tom Schwartz exhibits a lot of the traits. He grew up in a pretty violent home um, and trying to protect his younger siblings. And, you know, and so like the fact that he's hiding always by the bushes when there's like big arguments happening on the show, like completely makes sense. I think Louis has the opposite where he's like, I must be on the like front lines defending. And so I, I do feel like there's a lot there with why Louis is the way he is. And and hopefully it sounds like he's trying to get help, but he would have to acknowledge that he's part of the problem. Um, But I was um, very like disgusted by just the fact that Melissa and Joe would post something on Instagram the day of the wedding. And I remember this all because I got COVID the next day. And then I was like stuck at home for (laughs) 10 days straight. Yeah. um, When this was all happening. So I was like watching it all play out on Instagram. I had nothing to do. And I'm like, why on her happy day 
no matter how much crap she's done, like, why can't you exhibit some See, self? To like, me, to me, the, the the prohibition party was three days before that. So, like, to me, I think they were they were still heated, and and Teresa and Louie were caught with their were caught with their pants down at that party. And mm-hmm. and I think that like if I were Joe and Melissa in that situation, I'd be pissed off too. And I, you know, I'm like, I don't, I them posting on the day of. I think in the moment before we knew exactly what had happened at this finale party. I see what you're saying, but now that we know what went down, I don't have. A, I actually don't have a problem with it. I really don't. And is it stoking the fire? Yes, but you know, Melissa, Melissa with that eleventh hour reveal in the finale to me just said everything to me in terms of like what the actual dynamic that we hadn't seen all season was, and and what was actually happening. And I don't know. I just I, I find it hard to. I see problems on both sides, but I find it hard to really not be on their side. I was just, just like naturally as a viewer that that's how I look at it. Um, I think that makes sense. I think a lot of people fall on one side or the other. I've yeah. just been so disgusted where I'm like, it's yeah. all right. And, and I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I'm on Jen Fessler's side. I'm on the like, I'm hey, obsessed with Jen, Fess- Jen Fessler. She's my favorite person I've seen on the sh- any of the shows in so long. I'm like, mm-hmm. you stay and you have fun, Margaret. Like, how dare you show up at a wedding and then leave early? Like, just don't go if you have mm. such strong opinions about it. But you're making this whole thing about that. Then don't attend the wedding. I get it. I'm not going to judge her for not attending the wedding. But like, if you go to a wedding, you should be there to celebrate the couple. And you should stay mm. To celebrate the couple. If it's about anything other than the couple, then then get the hell out of there. You know? I think we've all been invited I to a wedding I, where we're not like, gr- like totally. you know? And just, I don't go. I wonder if they got paid extra to, to for like an extra episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, they probably my did. God, that's even darker. No, I know it is, but I think that with I think with all of these people on any of these shows, it's like you're right. No, no, you're so dis- right. There, there's no distinct there's no distinction to be made between life and reality show, reality show and life. I think it's so intertwined, especially for Teresa and anything that Teresa and all these people on the show, but like that's her, their life is their life is like making decisions, like going to a wedding, even though they don't support the couple because you're on a show <laughs> with them. And like, you do want that extra paycheck. Like it's, it, I, no, you're I so right. I didn't even think about so, that. Yeah. You're you're so right. It's so hard because we want these people to show up authentically on camera. Right. But there are so many other things that are causing them. There's so many other things. Yeah. Such as money. Such as, yeah. Yeah. And like, and I think, you know, Margaret's one of two people that was crying during the, during the ceremony, which is so honestly interesting to me. But like, was that, what were those tears really about? I don't know. You know, it's. Was it was it really because of Joe and Melissa not being there and her being sad from a family perspective, or was it? I don't know. It was <laughs> like, about I, her like, own estrangement within her own yeah, family. But I, 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 right. I think that like there's so many. The wedding special in particular, I think it was it was basically a bonus, and it was just sort of like you have. I think you have to think about why all these people were there and and why different things were happening, um, in a di- in a slightly different way than I think we would the normal season. Oh my gosh. Well, should we end with Vanderpump rules? What a way to end it. I what mean, a way to end else, it. Is there anything else? Is there anything else we're all, all really thinking about? Like besides I mean, this? Ever? Like it's just So I went to <laughs> I wake up I wake up thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
love it. I went to the Duplex Diner at 18th and U in DC. Oh my god! Because they have a trivia called Smart as Trivia that one of my neighbors mm-hmm. goes to every Wednesday. And this past Wednesday, they changed the time and the topics. So one was a regular, just like game of trivia, and then the next was a Bravo themed game of trivia. You would have done incredible. There was an entire. Um, round only on like the one hit wonder shows that was oh. really tough like nyc fans but that's like that was that, that's, for people, that's that's for people who rewatch a lot of things which i don't rewatch a lot of things but i have watched a lot of the one hit wonder shows but you know that's that's and they would have like a clip right from like some comment during it and then like a follow-up question and i was like oh my, oh my god, god. Is this? it was so wow. hard Anyways, um, me and my friend Helene came in third place, <clears throat> despite being a team of two. <laughs> wow. And then we stayed uh, for like the, at least the first 15 minutes to watch the first part of the reunion. And I thought I wouldn't want to watch it at a bar because I want to hear everything. People were silent. An extremely crowded bar. It was like as if we were watching like the like NBA finals. Like people were mm. just following it, like zeroed in reacting in the moment See, that, that, that's what that's what i'm uh, trying to parse through because i want to go to a watch party but i need to hear every single word that's uttered and so like even alone in my apartment on wednesday night there was so much going on that i felt like i missed a million things so if i'm in a bar i really want to go because i want to ex- i want i want the sort of unifying group experience i like i feel like it'd be very gratifying you but should I go with to- um sophie ross she I know found, I've been okay. talking to her east. Yeah, and that place is very close to my apartment. But um, I think I'll go. I just I'm like oh, you can watch after to, like, too, like the yeah, peacock exactly. version. So yeah, exactly, which is better anyway. Um, <laughs> I just had so much fun um, doing it. Okay, so the biggest takeaways for me, and then I want to ask you your biggest takeaways was one: Raquel didn't seem to know that Sandoval was still having sex with Ariana. And I think she thought, like, oh my god, he's cheating on me with her. Um, and then uh, that I just think James Kennedy is a comedic genius and the fact that he got everyone to laugh after pissing everyone off, like including the cameramen were like giggling when he was just like, I've got to you know, put me in timeout. And like, <laughs> it was just. No, he. <laughs> OK, first of all, first point. The the smirk they showed of Raquel, or like the the the, the change in facial expression when Sandoval said that Ariana and Sandoval said they were still sleeping together, being intimate. When they cut to Raquel, and she, her face just—it was just a slight tweak that indicated exactly what you just said. That was one of the best moments. That was one of the most. <laughs> that was telling. the highlight for me. Where I'm but like, it's like that just shows <laughs> that just shows you how that just shows you how kind of warped her mind was around all of this, I think. Yeah. Like, come on. And possibly yeah. manipulated, you know, to yes, think that 100%. like Yes, totally. Was like like what was what was he I'm telling not her? Sleeping yeah. with my partner. It's yeah, just I mean you. like as Ariana said, this was sort of the thread that he was following. This is the storyline he was pushing of them not being intimate, them being living separate lives. And from her perspective, that wasn't true. So he was obviously telling Raquel that too. Like that that's clearly just like what he was telling not just her, but the world and the show. Um, but I, yeah, I agree. La- James and Lala are winning this reunion. Like, obviously, Ariana is winning this reunion, but they, in practice, are 
I mean, them together to me is like they're hitting a stride together right now in this reunion that we haven't seen between the two of them in a while, just in terms of like it being really great and great, great TV fun to watch. Because James is is bringing the the sort of... uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The fireworks, the, 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 the physical comedy of it all. Mm -hmm. But Lala is, but Lala is using her words in a way that she's, she's getting heated, but she's still able, she's still articulating herself and she's still like hitting really, she's cutting really deep with, with words and with her side comments. And it's really gratifying. It is, I mean, seeing her shutting Lisa Vanderpump down, not once, but like a couple of times, I mean, that needed to be done and that needed to be done. And I think that like, you know, I think this, this has been such a, you know, watershed moment for this show and for Bravo and in, in, as a whole, but I'm, I'm already sort of trying to think ahead of like, what does the next season look like? How do they follow this up? How do they, how do they still create good TV? And I, I really think that like putting some focus on Lisa's relationships with some of them and how, you know, for so long, she was the mother figure. She was the person giving them advice, being the mentor, being their literal boss at the restaurants. Um, but now they're gro- she's kind of maintained that status for herself, but they're all growing up. They're reaching a point where, you know, they don't have to follow her lead. They don't have to listen to her. They don't have to go to Villa Rosa and get her perspective on it because like they don't, they just don't need that. And I think Lala pushing back on her in that moment. Ariana even pushed back on her a couple of times in this first part. That speaks to me of a more level playing, uh, the, 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 the playing field is being becoming more level. And I think that that's really interesting. And I think they should definitely mind that. And I think that it also, it, uh, it would, it kind of, exp- it gives her a reason to be there too. Cause I think that one of the things the last couple of seasons, it's like, why is Lisa Vanderpump even still like such here. a presence on this why show? Why is she here? Yeah. Totally, but like she she can be one of the one of the gang soon enough. You know what I mean? I think so. I think that's what they need to lean into. I've noticed that a number of them will push back on her. I mean, Allie during the uh, second to last uh, episode, so it was supposed to be the finale, and Allie mm-hmm. and James are getting ready to go to his like where he's DJing some big thing that I don't know about because right. I don't follow <laughs> the music scene. Never heard of it. Yeah. And um, James is like, and Allie's coming to support me, and then. You know, Lisa says something like, oh, more like to keep an eye on you. And Allie goes, no, I'm coming to support. Just yes. like oh my God. So, so simple. So but true. I loved that because she wasn't letting Lisa put down her partner as if he's someone who can't be trusted and he's some little boy. And that, you know, she's always showed up in a way that like, I want to have a partner and I want you like, we're each other's partners. I'm not your keeper. It's very mature. Like she, she's, she's really very mature. And, mature. And, I, and I, I, I really like, I really like that she doesn't need to be the spotlight. She doesn't need to be the center of attention, but she still gets her word in. She still gets her. She still asserts. She's still able to somehow assert herself, um, which is not easy to do, especially in your first season, especially when you're partnered with James, who is who who takes up so much oxygen in a room. So for her to. St- to not be threatened by that and to just like, I don't know, she's, I really like her. I'm a huge and fan I, of her. I had her do yeah. an astrology reading. Ooh, and it was did. a big moment for me. Like, oh my God, was she good? Oh, great. 
great. Oh, and I didn't. So... She's given me book recommendations about it. Like she, she talked about astrology as like a way to find purpose in life, mm. and like the goal is to find purpose in life, and this is like a tool you can use. And that's exactly the framing that I was interested in, you know, not like, mm. oh, I have all the answers, but like, here's ways to think about things and how you can utilize right. it. And yeah, I found it very meaningful. And I, I don't know what I was expecting. You know, I was just interested. And I'm, I'm not like an LA person. I don't know a lot about my horoscope or like <laughs> my zodiac sign. Like, I didn't really know anything going into it, but I was. So I think she um, is, yeah, is pretty totally. incredible and is showing up very, like we talked about, showing up authentically. I think everyone on the show has shown up pretty authentically this season. And that is what has made it so good, is no one's trying to like portray a certain thing, like how Lala was trying to portray this sort of like perfect relationship. Totally. Or yep, Sheena used right. to try and portray things to be so perfect. Oh, yeah, and then she's sure. just kind of like finally in a relationship where she just is, where she just exists. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. just so nice to that, watch. I think that having kids or some of them mm -hmm. got them to that place too. I think that I think that it put a lot of things into perspective. And I think that was one of the best things that ever that could have happened to I think Lala and Sheena in particular, probably, you yeah. know, just in terms of, again, how they think about how they sort of rank things in their life about what's important and 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 what they care about. Um, I think you're so right to pinpointing those two. I do think that Lala, though, and some of the things that reason people don't like her is that she's very preachy as if she's like figured it all out. And she does it at every stage in her life. And the thing the biggest mistake I think she's made in her life thus far, aside from Randall, is writing a book when she had nothing to write about. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you <laughs> you were writing a memoir when you haven't, like, the, I was like, there's something that's going to happen in your life that's going to give you more of a reason to write. And then something happened. And then something happened. Like, yeah. yes, you lost your dad. Yes, you had an abortion at a young age. Like, yes, but like give me more. I I only read memoirs and books by people who've had experiences. And at totally. your age, you just don't have the amount. And I totally agree with everything you're saying. But did you did you read the interview she just did this week with Variety? Yes. Um, there was I'm an, a big there fan was a, of Louie. Yeah, Staples. I love him. And he's yeah, he's one of the best Housewives writers right now. But he interviewed Lala. And there was a moment that actually showed me because I agree with what you're saying. I think that she she has she 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 thinks i think she in some ways can be wise beyond her years but i think she, that she is, thinks it's like a, it's an it's an all-encompassing like knowledge that she has but and she had it she at has. like age 27 and i'm of like of course come on of course but but in that interview he says if you were asked to be on real housewives of beverly hills what would you what would you do and she said and she no. was like she she says no there. i'm not i'm not i'm not on that level i'm not i'm yeah. not at their level I'm still kind of a mess. And like, I think that some of that facade, it's still melting away. But I think that to me, that that answer was real. I was really excited to read that from her because to me, it, sh it showed that she is letting some of that chip away. And she is letting, she's letting us in slowly, but surely even more. Um, and so I get that, that again, that's another thing that gets me excited for next season. Let's see more of that from Lala, you know? I I'm excited with the fact that Bravo in general, but but 
this season of Vanderpump Rules has let the fourth wall break so many times mm-hmm. because it's now not just like, oh, this affair happened. It's like, oh, look at watch what happens live. It's like how the finale episode started. And we're mm-hmm. we're now talking about like the show within the show as opposed to as if the show doesn't exist. And yeah. that dynamic and even talking about the business relationship that Lisa has with the Toms, like that's what we oh need my to God, lead yeah. into because totally. that's what's and, real. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the last couple of years, I think probably starting with like Denise Richards, Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. Like I think that we, we as fans and probably also production thought of breaking the fourth wall is always having to be like the producer stepping in and there being this sort of like record scratch moment where like, it's like, we look at the, they look at the camera and they acknowledge it and we see the, the, the booms. But like, I agree that like with this show in particular, it'd be so beneficial if they leaned into that kind of fourth wall breaking of just like, even on the finale of Ariana saying to Kristen, us weekly reached out and they want comment on xyz like that to me is so interesting and like acknowledging the fact that they have publicists and they have to release statements about certain things and the the one thing to me and i like, this is not to criticize the finale because i think it's a pretty perfect ele- episode of reality television but the one thing i thought it was missing was just an, more of an acknowledgement and a discussion around like what was going on on social media during that during that week and how how intense it got so quickly online and how that was affecting what they were doing like to me some of Sandoval's actions have probably been have probably been informed by like the fact that he's become like the number one villain in pop culture right now and um whether that pushes him more towards the dark side or has just made him like try to distance himself from Raquel I don't know but acknowledging that portion of it I think is the one thing I'm missing in terms of the fourth wall breaking on Vanderpump Rules uh, around this scandal but i would love to see more of that going forward i think that this group i don't think we need it as much on housewives but with this group it, it gets to it makes them feel more legit in the confines of the show and it levels them up even more from being waiters at sir totally. and they need and, they need as much of that as they can get and the more we know about what's actually happening in their lives the more yeah we are invested in what's happening in their lives. And what was happening was the social media. It wasn't impacting Ariana because she was off of it, right? But we heard Schwartz say, I'm getting like killed out there. And then you Mm -hmm. hear Sandoval saying, well, stay off social media, like (laughs) as he leaves the apartment. And something that Ariana said during the Call Her Daddy podcast, which I'm not entirely through, but I've been been working on it. (laughs) I I listened to it. Um, It's long. It's very long. Um, she says that one of her biggest takeaways from the reunion is at the time that the reunion filmed that Sandoval and Raquel, I think both had it in their head that things were going to kind of like blow over, that it's really intense right now, but a few months from now, people aren't going to feel as strongly and they'll move on to the next big thing. So and delusional. That hasn't... Well, I mean, I don't think that's delusional. I mean, why did we not feel as strongly towards Lenny Hochstein, who did something pretty similar, or not similar, but, uh, not the best friend, I, I get it, but like... We have, um, as a like Bravo and like media culture, held on to this for the longest. Like, I wish that the American public would hold on to like a school shooting for as long as we have held right. on to scandal. <laughs> you know, but I th- like, but I, the think, obsession. I do think that, like, you know, by the time the reunion filmed, it was three weeks in, 
and it it was showing no signs of slowing down. And I I think it was delusional of them to think that it was about to blow over around that time. Like, yeah, I I think I think when it first started, I couldn't. Nobody could. I mean, I could not have told you that it was going to be a three month, you know, sensation essentially that it was that took over pop culture. But three weeks in, I think I could have told you it was going to last until the through through the end of the season at least, Aaron. And I think that they they. I just don't think they had the right people around them around around in in March. There there was they were being told the wrong things and given the wrong game plans, and it 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 set them up for it set them up to go down go in a direction that they not that they could really come back from this ever, but they did everything wrong. I think essentially in terms of how to handle it publicly. I agree. I also think, and you know, speaking of. How do you respond in the moment and all of that? Um, Raquel's family, it sounds like, really stepped in in a, mm. you know, the way that Sheena described it in a sort of Britney Spears sort of way, where they kind of, they were the ones that forced legal action. They're the ones that have made her go to this mental health facility. They apparently um, don't want her going back on the show. And I don't, it sounds like she's a woman without agency where she does, mm. lets other people make decisions for her and she's not really in the driver's seat, which is very worrisome in general. Like the fact that either she's so unwell that she can't be or maybe she's never really been or maybe her family mm-hmm. kind of was like, okay, we'll let you do this whole thing. But like now that you're on the you know, front page of the New York Times. Like, it, it was crazy how big this this blew up. Now they're mm-hmm. stepping in and being like, okay, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix you. But it's kind of like, where were they? <laughs> I don't know. It, it All of it no, is I know, very I know. weird. There's definitely, it's an. I think it's an easy thing that people have teed off on, which is like her being like the ex-beauty queen who aged out of the competition. Like, it's an easy thing to make fun of. And I'm not defending it, but I think there, I do think that like some of the stuff that she's talked about in terms of like really not knowing who she is after doing all that, all the beauty pageants and like not really having a job beyond being a reality star and a a pretty new one at that, I would say. And like, you know, I think there's, there's an element of like sadness to that idea of like this girl was lost. I mean, this, this woman was lost and is, and I don't know how deep that goes. I don't know if we've really you know, gotten, gotten that gone deep into that to really understand that. Uh, I don't know if she showed us enough. Um, but yeah, there's definitely an element of that. That's like how much, I mean, even just the text she sent to Ariana two days after it got exposed, it's a two liner thing saying, you know, I fucked up. Like, I'm so, so sorry. Like (laughs) didn't try to call her, didn't do like an essay over text. Like it was just, to me, that told me that she just doesn't she has no understanding for how one, you know, how serious of like a transgression this was, but also to just how she was, how it was all going to come across. I don't know. There's, you're right. There's like a, a detachment from her almost to her own life um, because of, I think of that directionless and that sort of sadness. And she's a bit of a chameleon in that she like takes on the personality and the characteristics of the people that she spends time around. Almost like she doesn't have her own 
personality mm-hmm. and there is no like grounding to her. And I think she knows that, but she's not sure what to do about it. And then mm-hmm. with Sandoval, I mean, he liked that because it was just, he was looking at a reflection of himself Yeah, is what was going on. So I don't know how one recovers from this level of like detachment from who they are. And, you know, we'll see. I'm, I hope she's getting this, like, mental health support that it sounds like she is getting. You know, at first, everyone's like, she's at a spa. We haven't heard from her. We haven't seen her. No, I, I believe she's getting treatment. I, I do, too. That. I do, too. Yeah. She's writing letters. Like, where else do they take your, you know, they took your phone. Like, right, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. So I, I hope that happens. Um, selfishly, I want her back on the show because I want to see how it plays out. But if mm-hmm. her family is going to, like, legally take over things, then I bet she won't be back. And then how do we navigate? I don't know. I really don't know. And, like, I, one thing I was thinking about um, this week, I was with a couple of people who work in PR. And the Caller Daddy interview had been announced, but we but they had not been released yet. And I was asking them, I was just sort of like, what would, if you were Raquel's team, if you were her representative, if you were her publicist, because at a certain point, she's going to have to do an interview. She's going to have to t- tell her side of things in a in-depth way, the way that Sandoval did on Howie Mandel's podcast and <laughs> Ariana really did on Call Her Daddy. What, what outlet is that? What avenue is that? Who does she? Who do you envision that being with? And nobody really had an answer because it's so it's so unclear sort of what, what space, what, what space would be sort of best for that to be shared. I think her parents won't allow an interview, but like ever, and, like mm, ever it's going to, I might, I think it could be years. Like I think, really? yeah, wow. I'm worried that she has like no agency so that if they actually legally take over, if there's some sort of conservatorship, if they kind of, ha- I don't know, a psychiatric hole, I don't know exactly what is happening. But if they have as much control over her, that they're able to like press charges and and like get choose the lawyer, like she's not in control, um, which, right. you know, then I, I can really see them stepping in and being like, no. We're not going to let anyone else Mm. exploit you. You know, you've been exploited because you have these problems. Like, you don't know who you are and, you you know, you're easily manipulated and all of that. I don't know. I I don't know who it would be. It's just the idea of her, basically. Because in that that series of events, in that perspective on it, it's like she will essentially just, like, disappear from public life and, like, never come back. That's what I think will happen. Wow. I mean, that, that's I mean, just so hard to, that's so hard to, that's so hard to wrap my mind around. <laughs> that's what, what I, mean? I think will happen. The question is, how much is she like almost addicted to fame yeah. or cameras? Well, exactly. Um, and then, and then in that case, she might play the long game of like getting some help, but then always mm. planning to return because people will still want to hear from her because, so maybe she takes a season off and then comes back. Yeah. I don't know, but. It seems it's like also she's not like, in the driver's you, you, seat. No, I, I can see that. And I think that, you know, a different kind of detachment. But, but Sandoval has 
clearly some sort of like detachment from her all of a sudden because he they leak the break they leak the quote-unquote breakup whether that's like valid or not i don't know it's that seems pretty one-sided to me um I mean, the source, the source used the term dip out. So like it was, it was very unserious, but I'm sort of like, all of this is also, t- if she's really going through it, if she's really, if, if things are as dire as you're interpreting them, them to be, which I'm not saying they are, or yeah, aren't, I don't but know. like Stan- Sandoval carried on a seven month affair with this a relationship with this woman. And he's just kind of like going about his life performing shows for all we know he has no contact with her not responding to these letters that's a, a really scary kind of a detachment that he's exhibiting too because oh, that's in my why, mind when this first, yeah. when this first right it's like when, when this first broke i was it's like obviously if it, you know they should stay together if this should quote unquote have all been worth it you know like if it's if they're just going to break up after all this like why why even go through all this but um you know it says so much about him he's just kind of letting Raquel go through this alone and just carrying on. It does on. say a lot it's, about him. It's, I mean, that's scary. exactly yeah. why Lala was like, he's dangerous. Yeah. And I think yeah, the exactly. word dangerous can be interpreted in so many different ways, but he's yeah, emotionally exactly. it's dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's it's, emotionally. In a, relation, that's, in a relationship, that is dangerous to be like that. A hundred percent. He convinced her that this would all work out. And it didn't, right? Like, he was mm-hmm. like, I have it handled. He right. convinced Schwartz he had it handled. Like, we've got a plan. I'm going to break up with Ariana. I'm going to go on Winter House. People are going to love me. And then, like, a few months down the line, I'll start dating Raquel. And I think she thought that would all come together and work out. And it didn't. Right. And so now they're trying to recalibrate. And he can't. He can't. So he's just mm-hmm. like, he has no leg to stand on. So he's just like fucking continuing his midlife crisis. And I don't know. It's it's really sad to watch what happened happen. But when mm-hmm. people told him, like, you don't actually love her. You don't love Raquel. You love the reflection of yourself. Like, I I hope for his own sake and for the people that are around him that he listens to that and he tries to get help for it but i i don't think he will no no and i I also just i (laughs) keep i keep wondering i keep wondering obviously he liked i he liked the reflection of himself he liked that he could just she would just follow along with whatever he he wanted to have happen but i also wonder how much of it how much of the thrill for him was lost when it became public when Ariana knew about it, when it wasn't, didn't have that like, you know, exciting secrecy to it. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if once that element was lost, whether he also kind of pulled back because it, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't hitting the same for him. You know what I mean? Like it's the whole thing. <laughs> I just like, I, 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 I wish that he would be a little more truthful or maybe he just needs to have more time to, for some self introspection. Um, Cause I don't think he's, I don't think he really even understands why he did it for fully you know what i mean i don't right. think that he's gotten there yet i don't know that he ever will get there yeah um, no, I, like, is, I, I agree but, i'm giving him but, too much credit by saying yes no, but, no, no, he, but, he, I, he, but he has not voiced his inner his like deeper deeper like issues. reasoning for doing this yes. yes and i think for when you said what did you just say you said like 
he hasn't been truthful or he hasn't been fully upright and honest. I don't know that he knows how to because he got so comfortable lying mm-hmm. that he right. the things that come out of his mouth. So like, true. I think that he's somewhat even confused himself or for what's real and what's not real because he's just gotten so comfortable saying things that are untrue that they've right. almost become truth. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. I think. Well, he, and he's also living. He's been living a double life for, right. for you know over half a year. So I think you're. Yeah, I think that's very accurate. I think that he probably confused himself. And so maybe, maybe this quote, this, I think this short pause they're putting the show on just to like, I think having, you know, cooling things off a little bit, hopefully, I mean, I, I doubt that he's doing the work, but who knows what he comes back as? Who knows? Who knows? Because you know that well, he's not leaving the show. There's no way. <laughs> and I don't you want him resist. to. We need to, we no, need I don't want, something. I don't want him to either. I, I, I'm so curious what that looks like, but you know that even if, even though it is probably the best thing for him to probably not be on the show, he, he, he could never, he could never turn it away. Well, just like Teresa and Melissa, the best thing for them would to be off TV, but they've just decided right, that that's you're, not you're an too option. far in. Yep. Yeah, you're too far in. Well, Gibson, thank you so much for joining and for oh spending God. so much time. I feel like I always go over time with guests. I'm so sorry about that. Um, tell everyone where they can find you on social media, where they can listen to In the Know, um, or we should talk, sorry, about podcasts yeah. by In the Know, all the stuff. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I love coming on here because you, you force me to think about things <laughs> in a different, deeper way. No, I'm serious. I think it's like, I think sometimes it's just, I like, I just like to dig deeper. Sometimes I, I think we can think about things on a surface level at these shows, but there's so many layers to things. And I, and I just appreciate uh, some of the points that you make about, about these shows. It really makes me think differently about them. Thank um, you so much. But of course, uh, my I'm Gibsonoma on any social media platforms, G-I-B-S-O-N-O-M-A. I have a newsletter that's in my bios across social media, and I have a podcast called We Should Talk. Uh, we do one interview a week, usually with a Bravo person, otherwise with another sort of like celebrity type person. Um, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is always it's always so fun with you. It's always so fun. And we should hang out next time you're in D.C., Yes. Oh, my God. My hometown. Yes. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. Yeah.